Welcome to the Ground and Circle podcast. I'm Dean Watson. And I am Sierra Chua. We're a couple that's been together for almost five years now, and we live in Auckland, New Zealand, in a rental that could best be described as a shoebox. And not a shoebox for large hiking boots, but something more like what you might see on uh, Sierra's three-year-old nephew. I'm originally from Melbourne, Australia, and Sierra is from Hanoi in Vietnam. And we're both really interested in making our relationship great. And one of the best ways to learn something is to try and teach it to others. I think they do this in the army or the navy or the military Mm -hmm. or something like that, where they don't consider you to have learned a skill until you have taught it to others. So here we are in this audio experiment. Um, Before we get started, we've got some tea on the table here, um, which you made, Sierra. What sort of tea are we drinking here? So this is organic green tea that I bought last year, and it's delicious, mainly because I know how to brew a really good tea. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) What sort of, um, do you know the brand or where you bought it from? I just bought this one in New Zealand, so it's from a Chinese company, but I know how to find organic good tea from just, you know, from just looking at the ingredients and everything. And um, yeah, nowadays we can find organic tea everywhere and always go for organic tea for the quality and the taste and benefits on health. So if you hear the occasional sip, now you know why. Yeah, pretty yummy. This is called the Grounded Circle Podcast, and being the first episode, it makes sense to probably define what is the Grounded Circle other than this podcast, because it is an existing brand. So, what is the Grounded Circle? The the Grounded Circle is a community that I founded to encourage and support each other in um, grounding practices, mainly to help to keep ourselves grounded, rooted, because, you know, staying present or staying grounded is uh, kind of like the root for wellness. So that is the main purpose of the Grounded Circle. Fantastic. Today on the show, we're going to discuss the power of acceptance. That is the theme of the episode. And uh, when we were brainstorming episode ideas, this was the first idea that you suggested, and uh, I thought it was a really good one. So I was thinking perhaps a good place to start is to define how we see acceptance. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, I'm curious, what is acceptance to you? And I bet it's different to what it was, say, 10 years ago or even 10 years before that. Um, Like I'm 33, you're 34, so you just got the edge on me by <laughs> 11 months there. But um, yeah, what, what, when you think about the word acceptance, what does it mean to you? Yes, you're right about its difference to how, you know, when we was younger. So for me nowadays, acceptance to me means taking the time and energy to understand and to stay curious, to let go of my personal adjustments, and then also to forgive the past. So that is the meaning of acceptance to me. I bet the older you get, the harder it becomes to be good at acceptance. Because if it's about forgiving the past, the older you get, the more past you've got to forgive. And it just gets harder and harder, which is probably why we all know people a lot older than us who 
clearly struggle a bit with acceptance, but to empathize with them, they've got a lot more to forgive. Yeah, that's correct. It's just like it's just like sometimes I will find myself in situation where I have to forgive the past, I mean just the previous minute. So that like kind of recent. Because if we cling on to it and carrying it in the into the present, into the future, it's gonna just accumulate it even more. So yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the um, accepting things kind of as they are. Yeah, definition of acceptance. It's something that I've been working on a lot myself recently. I used to work in entertainment and and as a writer, and so in that world, you're always imagining things and trying to create worlds that don't exist. You're trying to you're trying to see the world as it isn't, and right. When you do that for a living, you just it feet it seeps into other areas of your life. Mm. And so since I've kind of left the entertainment industry about uh, five years ago or so ish, it's one of the things I've had to kind of relearn or I guess unlearn that and then relearn how to accept the world as it is. And I'm still working on it. I mm. still can do better um, at accepting the world as it is, but yeah, and so that's both the world, but it's also people as well. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, accepting people for who, who they, they are. are. Yeah. And probably the best place to start is mm. yourself, right? Yep. If you can accept yourself for who you are, then you've got a much better chance of being able to accept your partner for who they are. Mm. You've got a much better chance of being able to accept your friends for who they are, your mm boss for who they are and then the world for what it is but i think yeah. it starts with you yeah correct yeah it's always start from within from us and um yeah interesting i just want to um to return to the one that we you mentioned before about imagination mm. because as a creative myself i really value imagination and creativity um i think that it don't have to uh kind of overlap with accept the world as it is because it's so important to play, have fun, and bring our, you know, inner artist or inner child out. And you are right; it, it could it could train us to always wanting the world to be different than it is right now. But at the same time, everything can be a practice. So the acceptance acceptance is a practice of its own. Um, just to kind of like uh, release judgment purely for our own mental health and happiness because there's no benefits from trying to change something, trying to control something that we cannot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's true. It's important to create space to play as well. Yeah. Yeah, because if you don't... Because that's how the world moves forward in many ways, by not accepting what you have. I mean, you're from Hanoi, I'm from Melbourne, and here we are in Auckland. Yeah. If we had just completely accepted <laughs> everything about our lives in terms of where we came from then we would still be there we wouldn't be here in Auckland so yeah you, it, you're right it is important to play mm. in your mind um so yeah there's definitely a bit of attention sometimes I think about how like with with Buddhism for example the whole gist of that is mm. to just not want anything let go of wanting and just mm. just be right yeah. but uh I actually quite enjoy living in that weird grey area in the middle between what Buddhism talks about, which is 
don't want anything. And then at the other end of the spectrum, wanting everything, wanting to be successful, wanting a lot of money, wanting to help lots of people. And I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. And sometimes yeah. I'm closer to the letting go of wanting everything space. And then other times I'm much more like, I've got a goal. I'm going to go try get it. Yeah, um, that's right. Yes. I mean, having desire is, is not just bad. It's like how we do it. It's like, um, yeah, because it could give us motivation to moving ahead into the future. Mm. Um, you know, living a life really in a fun and joyful way and creative way. But at the same time, if we, you know, most of the time we don't get what we want, just the way of life. And at the same time, we have to learn to accept it and let go of things that we can't control to move on. And, you know, still moving ahead with whatever visions that we have. So, yeah, I think we can all create our own balance in that way. Mm. It will never be 100% perfect. But as a couple ourselves and, you know, navigating lives together, we can help each other, remind each other of that. And I think that is also really fun. That, yes, that's right. We always are kind of reminding ourselves about things we need to get a little better at and, our work with accepting ourselves, one another, and the world as it is, is never done. It'll never be done until the day we die. So we always need to keep helping each other. It's like brushing our teeth every day. You don't just stop brushing your teeth because you did a good job yesterday. Yeah. You do it again <laughs> and you just do it every day and, and that kind of thing. What are some What are some things that come to mind on how we can... So, so if, if we take that premise of accepting things as they are starts with ourselves like what are some things we can do to start accepting ourselves where does that start how did you start to accept mm. who you are yeah interestingly i've been struggling with that for a long time and i think i'm still having a lot of things that i'm learning to accept about myself i think i think the first step would be um um aware of it, like aware of how I feel at a certain time. Um, and from there, recognizing what it is that I'm denying by myself, because most of the time it is because I'm the denying part of myself that I cannot move on from it. And the second one, this one I actually learned from you. The second step is being curious, stay curious about something and starting to, to dig a little bit deeper from that. Um, this step, though, interesting. Um, I have read from the um, uh, the body keeps the score book that for people that have trauma or you know condition or things like that, and most everybody have little or big traumas during their life. Is that if you can't sit with your feeling now, it's not a good idea to open up the past. So it's like you can't even accept your feeling and things right now. You won't be able to look at the past and go through all of that. So that's why the first step. The first step is to sit with your feelings and being able to, you know, like being okay with feeling a certain way. And the second step is being curious at how we can start looking back to our past and maybe, you know, go to top therapy or just like how you and me usually sometimes help each other out of like, you know, talking through it, like what happened in the past that might lead to this one. And um, yeah, and then it go from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes on the noticing part you mentioned, mm. 
one way you can get clues in your life, other than just paying attention to how you feel, um, what you're thinking, you know, trusting your intuition, one way is to have a think about uh, what really annoys you about other people. Mm-hmm. And often, often it'll be something that annoys you about yourself. Yeah. So, like, for example, if, <laughs> if I see someone who is um, working too hard, let's say, someone who sacrifices their own well-being in order to just always work, 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 um, these days, when I see that, I definitely have an inner reaction along the lines of, what are you doing? How can you be missing the most obvious thing, which is looking after yourself? You're only going to pay for this later, um, you know, and that kind of thing. And I feel like grabbing them by the scruff of the neck and being like, no, no, you're getting it in the, in the wrong order. You've got to look after yourself first and then you can, you know, then you can, you won't be sick tomorrow. You know, the number of times that people will you know, push themselves really hard for a short period and then I'll just be sick for a week and they'll be gone. Mm. And like, what good is that? Like you didn't have to, it wasn't that important often. You know, mm. it's rare that things in life are so urgent. Mm. Um, yeah. They require you to absolutely slaughter yourself um, right in the moment. So, but but the reason that that irks me so much is because I have come from that place as well. And it's something I'm trying to remember for myself, which is that, no, no, you almost never really need to work so hard right now that you're going to not be able that you, you know, it's going to make you sick or make you miserable. Mm. Um, so <laughs> it's challenging because I want to help other people, but actually I, I, I try my best to just see that and then just use it as a reminder to don't forget that, Dean, don't forget that you have every, you have the capacity to, you know, work really hard but you'll pay for it you'll pay for it yep so that's what i that's something i find helps me notice yeah better is just looking around and learning from other people's mistakes <laughs> yeah i think that's a great example of recognizing what it is that you can't accept about yourself yeah because we often see the thing you know because we see it through our lens our condition so therefore is it jump out more than anything else and what it, that is that is it kind of expect a really strong maybe dislike or whatever feeling that is, it stick straight to us. So yeah, I have all of that as well. So um and yeah, nowadays with awareness definitely will recognize that so fast, a lot faster than when I was a lot younger and and didn't really um know what triggered me. It just mean that it's I already have it inside, you know. What do you think we get out of Mm. practicing acceptance what's the benefit like why not just forget about it that's right um yeah i think the benefit of um accepting life the way it is and keep releasing judgments of how we want it you know how the life uh, should be is firstly for our our wellness and our peace of mind and also from there we can you know keep having an open heart and connect to people. And, you know, human is so wired for connections. We're co-creating the world. We live in this world together. So I think to be able to get the best out of it, to have great relationships with people, then we need to learn to 
um, the power of acceptance. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about the benefits? I, I totally agree. Inner peace is how I think about it. Yeah. When I'm not fighting the world or, you know, fighting people I love or care about or someone I'm meeting for the first time and just accepting them as they are, mm. uh, warts and all, goodness knows I've got plenty of warts. Um, y- yeah, it's just peace. It's peace. You know, mm. you can mm. you can... You can get a lot done in your life if you just don't right. accept people as they are. Like again, it's okay to have goals and stuff, but mm. I think there's that middle ground that I kind of like to dwell in. And mm. uh, like contr- the idea of control, because mm. that's the opposite of accepting mm. and be controlling everything. Um, that's definitely my biggest weakness. I think is that when I am unhappy, normally when I check in with myself, the answer is. Dean, you're trying to control too much of your life or you're trying to control things too much instead of just letting go and uh, and uh, and accepting. Uh, pe- Normally, it's people for me. Um, mm. If I can accept, uh, well, it starts with myself. If I can accept myself and then I can accept people, then I'm pretty good yeah. in my life. But yeah, when I try to control things too much, that's that normally causes most of the problems. It's hilarious how often... The root cause of any misery in my life is I'm trying to control things too much. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I have that too. I think all of us have a certain amount of controlling in some way. Uh, interesting. I I just have a thought of uh, another benefit of the power of acceptance is that funny enough, if we want to change something, we thought that oh, we should jump head in and you know maybe control it, try to change it. But most of the time, it's going the other re- direction. But when we start from a place of compassion, trying to understand, trying to accept something, to see it as it is first, and then keep being who we are, a lot of the time, other people will see it and change or doing other whatever. But the thing is, it's out of our control. So if that happens, it's a blessing. If it's not, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, so that is something interesting. And also, I feel like the power of acceptance starting from individual is so important that I think we kind of in this in this uh, modern day we kind of like um what do you call it like downplay it because I I my personal opinion is a lot of wars and stuff like that started because of not being able to accept and thinking that oh we're right they are wrong they are enemy so that is the thing that sparked a lot of wars throughout history it's mainly because of difference of beliefs, difference of uh, differences of belief and cultures, and you know way of thinking, way of living, and nobody wants to accept each other and thinking is wrong. The other is the enemy. So um, they are the benefit of acceptance. Definitely will will help to build a more peaceful world. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to try my best in my own small way. So. Let's say I'm Ukraine. I'm trying to have more <laughs> Russian friends is how I'm thinking about it. Um, not literally, but as a metaphor. Um, in the past, it, I would just pretty ruthlessly cut people out of my life, you know, who didn't align with most of the way that I saw the world. But these days I've realised there's so much benefit to... Um, having friends who will challenge you on things and completely disagree with you on certain things. For example, I was catching up with um, one of my friends this week because um, we'd just gotten back from a month 
seen our families overseas talk about acceptance. <laughs> we can get into that if you want later on. But I was catching up with my friend and we were talking about um, accepting. Um, uh, yeah, we, we were talking about the topic of acceptance and how challenging that can be when it comes to spending time with our families over the over the the summer, especially when you don't live with them. I mean, it can be hard enough when you you know your family's around and stuff, but it's hard. We don't get to choose our families. We get to choose everybody else we let into our life, but not our families. So, if ever you're looking for an area to practice acceptance out in the wild, that's the place to do <laughs> it. Um, so yeah, we 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 talked a fair bit about that, and it's nice to know you're not the only one. Sometimes. I think sharing the challenges you're having with acceptance could be very, very beneficial rather than just keeping it all as a secret inside your head to yourself. Um, one of the ways that like you and I get that out of our heads and into a form that we can kind of uh, do something about is sometimes like when I'll get home, when I've had an office to work from, um, I will... And this is something I, I kind of learned from Brene Brown talking about this. I'll ask you on a scale of zero to a hundred, where are you at today? Mm. Um, you know, are you a hundred? Are you like, mm. have I had the best day ever? Are you in a great place? Lots of energy, all that stuff. And then, um, yeah, depending on your answer on that scale, um, I'll then tell you where I am. So let's say you're. 60, let's say, 60 out of 100, which means you kind of, you know, had a bit of a rough time, you know, a bit bit low on energy, not really, you know, kind of okay, but not the best. And let's say I'm, I don't know, 95, <laughs> let's say. Um, then that tells me immediately that I can, I should help out a bit more that evening, let's say. So it just gives me a bit more empathy for where you're at. But until I've asked that question, I'm only guessing. So mm. I found that just to be such a helpful way to better accept where you are at on that particular day instead of wishing that you were 100 every day because that's completely unrealistic. Yeah. I'm not 100 every day, and I feel like I'm a pretty happy person and pretty yeah. chipper most of the time. Um. So yeah, when you're like particularly low, and I can sense it, I will I will sit down with you on the couch, and I'll ask you that, and then you'll be like, mm, I think I'm twenty, and then, <laughs> and then I'll, and you know, I might I'll probably I'll normally be okay, um, mm. and so when that happens, I'll be like, okay, what what can I take off your plate tonight, like, and I'll. You know, make an effort to, I'll do all the dishes, I'll ideally prepare all the food, I'll do all the cleaning up, um, you know, I'll try and just go the extra mile to try and just take as much of your tasks off your plate mm. as possible um, mm. to help out. So that helps a lot. Do you Have you found that helpful? Yes, 100%. I love how you always have such a creative way to communicate when we're not in a space for communication like for me when i'm down or low on energy my first instinct will withdraw like i'll be quiet i'll be really quiet or something like that you know and i love how you always have a very creative way to be able to help me open up and yeah and over time it just get easier and over time it teach me how to how to just you know seek for help even you know you know um yeah so to get support and stuff as well so 
I, I think it, it works all the time. Sometimes you just need to know someone cares enough to exactly, check in. Yeah, um, you don't have to be in a relationship with them. You can it can be someone you work with at work, and yep. you might just get a a feeling, or you might notice something mm. that they're not their normal selves, and um, it can be very meaningful to just show someone check in. Yeah, check yeah. in can help them feel seen, and even if there's nothing wrong. Whenever people have done that to me, I really appreciate it. Mm. And when normally when people have done it to me in the past, there has been something on my mind and I'm just, you know, I'm struggling with something and to have the chance to talk about it is so helpful mm. um, in terms of getting to a better place and that kind of thing and accepting that, oh, yeah, I am really down right now. Mm. Um, I know that, um, you know, there's been times in my life where, you know, I've had problems that I just cannot figure out by myself. Mm. And so in those situations, I've had to get help, like mm. going through a relationship breakup, that kind of thing. That's the mm. biggest one that comes to mind for me is, is, is that and just accepting that, oh, I'm pretty bloody miserable right now and I do not know how to drag myself out of this dark well. Mm. And so I went and got some therapy and that was... You know, it would probably would take me another five years to figure it out myself, but with the help of an expert yeah. and someone who I was paying to care, but nonetheless who cared, yep. it just, you know, saved me so much time and helped me kind of mm. immediately. Um, so it's a big yep. part of acceptance is, yeah, asking for help. Exactly. Yes, it is. Yeah. Asking for help. Accept the stage that we are at. And asking for help and know that it's okay to be this, not forever, for a, you know, a period of time. Mm. Yeah. It all starts from there, from, from us, right? Mm. In, in the context of a relationship, I think one of the, well, I found in the four and a half years we've been together, one of the biggest challenges is accepting that the person who you are with today is not the person uh you you first met yeah, yeah. they change yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> even in such a short amount of time <laughs> I love that four and a half years they're not the same person um yes they, they look relatively the same and mm. you know they you know might have the same tattoo as they had when you first <laughs> met them but they're not the same person they i think it's like every seven years all of our cells in our body change mm. so just using that as a metaphor like biologically we're not the same person mm. and neither is the people we love the most they mm. do change um and i found like in our relationship that the way to keep it really good is to not try and keep the person that you first met and not try and hang on to that. You yeah. have to let it go. Mm. And it's a it's a monthly practice, mm. or at the very least, a yearly practice mm. um, of making sure that you are accepting them for who they are today and what they're into today. Mm. Um, have you found it challenging to accept me as I've changed a bit over the years? No, not at all. <laughs> I, love, okay. I love how you change. Right, yes. right. I think, um, yeah, of course, I, I change along the path as well. We, we grow together. But I think I love all of the versions, 
like my all of my older versions of myself, love all of the versions of yourself along the way. I think because we communicate quite clearly and quite mm-hmm. often and we talk about pretty much everything. Yeah, very transparency and that what I love about our relationship. And the dynamic of our relationship also change as we age. Yeah, so yeah, it's a beautiful thing when I'm looking back now. I thought it might be fun to talk a little bit about some of the things we've uh, had challenges. Mm. Maybe just initially, maybe it's a longer term thing, but some of the challenging things we've had to accept about ourselves as we've been yeah, together over yeah, the last couple of years. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm excited to do that. Um, do, you, do you have any that come to mind about me, things that you've found challenging to accept about me? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, of course, there, there are things. I think when we first moved in together, there was one time that I burst out to tear. Like I cry because, because our way of living is was different then. Like you didn't want to have dinner together, for example. This is true. And, yes. And I come from my background being a Vietnamese. We always have meals together at home. Now have you have seen it? And before that I couldn't understand because of that difference between us. Um but later on I learned that it's just how you brought up your family is like sometimes you, you sit down t- together to eat together, went out together, but sometimes everybody in the house just doing their own thing. And when I visited your family for the first time, I have seen it too. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's the first example of accepting, mm-hmm. uh, of, uh, and from understanding your upbringing. And That's from there, really it's like, one. like, you know, nothing personal here. It's not because you didn't want to, have dinner with me or didn't want to have, you know, dinner together with anyone. It's more like, it's just the way you, you were living your life. And you probably seen quite funny how, how me always wanting to eat together. Um, so that was the, the first, the first one. And we was a lot younger than we, I was just turned 30 and, and you were 29. And now looking back, it's such a small little thing, but it was huge for me at that moment that I cry. And you were so amazing that you sit down and, and try to understand why I was so dramatic in that way. And I love that conversation that we had that night. I still remember yeah, a little bit. I remember yeah. that very, very clearly. Yeah. I was so surprised that this was so important to mm. you, that we eat together. Because you're right, I come from a family where other than probably once a week on a Sunday, mm. we're all in our separate bedrooms, you know, dad's out in the yard, mum's at the shops, <laughs> my brother Scott is out with friends, my sister Jade is, you know, at work or in a room working away on something or, and I'm also in my room normally would have been, you know, when yeah. I lived at home, just doing my own thing and yeah, it was pretty rare that we come would come together. Um, we come together over food in my family, so mm. that's the only thing we we really, you know, come together over. And you know, I, I love that. But my default is I'm very happy eating by myself. Mm. I don't mm. need to sit down with people I care most about to know that they love me and I love them. Yeah. Um, so yes, I, I do remember that, and that was a you did a very good job of. Um, uh, 
both trying to understand my point of view as well of like where I come from to mm. that. And so I think once you understood that, oh, that's the world I come from, you could also better accept that, no, I wasn't avoiding having dinner with you because I don't love you or that kind of thing. It was just because I'd never thought about that this mattered yeah, to other people. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And then I was hardcore in you know, in an opposite way, like having to have meal together. Now have, you have seen my family couple times. You've been to Hanoi. We always eat together, and my mom will make sure that everybody be at the table. I, you know, she will go around the house and call everybody down and make sure everybody eat at the same time. So yeah, it's different in culture. Uh, interestingly, nowadays we eat together most of the time, but at the same time, when we don't, we totally fine. That I was watching something. On my iPad, and you was watching your spot, eating separately. But we call it that. It's you know, it's yeah, interesting. <laughs> now, knowing this about you since then, I definitely make a, a special effort to try and eat mm. together. Yeah, I can see that these days. I definitely am happiest just doing whatever I want, whenever I want, as if I'm the only person in the world that exists. But knowing that it matters to you, yeah, uh, it feels great to to give. In that yeah. way, um, so that's so that's that's lovely. One other thing that I can think of, and you can probably think of more mm. that has changed about us, and that you've kind of had that you had to accept about me when we first met and moved in together was our different bedtimes. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Oh right, it was a challenge, but I actually accepted it. I just went to bed early, my normal time, and. Yeah, so I think that's a good example of how I did it quite well. I accepted it. I just keep my own routine. I did not stay up late because you stay up a lot later or change my body clock or change my routine. So I did that and gradually you catch up with me. <laughs> so nowadays we, we go to bed together every, every day at nine and wake up around five, five fifteen, pretty much most days. And it's been amazing. That is a great example of where you did do an excellent job from day one <laughs> of being like, okay, this is part of the deal with this weirdo. He goes to bed late. So you just stuck to your guns. Yeah. You stayed exactly how you were happy in mm. terms of when you went to bed and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's kind of impressive. It's hard to stay true to yourself <laughs> when you decide to join your life with someone else. Yep. Um, so that was an example of where you did yeah. that very well. I think we've done a very good job of staying who we are. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, since yeah. getting together. So Yeah, on high side, looking back, we did well. Yeah. Always going to have some challenges come our way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think of one example of me, of like, of like you, I'm not sure if, if you did accept or, or found it challenging about me, and then later on we work it out together. Is that... I did have, I didn't have a good relationship with money. I had a lot of fear around money. I had credit card, credit card back in the day, even I didn't have debt or anything. But you is somebody that really learned about money and had a good relationship with money and, you know, like passionate about finance and money. So do you remember how did you feel about that then? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was. I was still learning about personal finance mm. when we met, mm. so I had by had by no means got it all figured out. 
at that stage, I mean, we're always moving. I mean, we was at the far like ahead than than my situation then. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. I don't know how I would handle that these days, knowing what I know now. Yeah. I think I would expect <laughs> if I was single again, I would, I would probably look at that more closely and prioritize that more closely. That you know, the other person was either willing to learn or had their personal finance stuff sorted out. Um, so, yeah, that was, yeah, a slightly challenging thing to accept about you that that you spent everything that you earned. Um, and you'd worked a lot more years than I had in the workforce, the, prop, you know, the proper workforce, um, and, and kind of had nothing to show for it. And I had worked for like 10 years in entertainment also had nothing to show for it, but that's because I never earned any money from mm. it. Um, so, yeah, that was yeah, that was interesting. But to your credit, you were like willing to learn, and that was the greatest thing, you know. Um, I had a lot of resistance then. I hated, I hated a lot of things a lot. Like hated to have to look at my bank account, hated to have to, you know, just just do things that I didn't understand about. But I think you you held space for me. That's why I op I opened myself up for learning, and literally went to to cancel my credit card and just started to to save in a very healthy way, like joyful way, not not about budgeting or or anything at all. Still spend you know good money on things that I care about. So so I learned that from you. I think because you did hold space for me to be able to do that a hard thing to accept on that personal finance journey that we've been mm. on as well was that we were going to probably have a much better life and achieve much more of our goals and stuff mm. if we joined our finances mm. so that was another thing that was for me hard to accept when i realized that yes i can keep living my life just we can keep living our life separately money-wise, but if we join forces, oh my goodness, mm. what we can do together. Yeah. And it's about two years ago now that we did that. And I'm so glad that I accepted that truth that I, well, you never know for sure, but it ended up being correct. Yes, the, the assumption that if we joined our money together, that we could do way more than we ever thought possible. We could do better at supporting one another um, through our ups and downs. Um, and yeah, often we're just our own worst enemy when it comes to being able to accept what we know is true, even though we may not have a lot of evidence yet. Um, so that, yeah, that's something else on the personal finance kind of front that comes to mind that mm -hmm. I remember being quite challenging just to personally accept and then be like, huh, you know, and then. And then talk to you about, you did a great job of being open to it. You were pretty immediate. Like you could see the benefits, I think, immediately, but it took me a lot longer to get to the place where I was ready to kind of be like, I think we should give this a crack. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things that I think from my point of view, they've been hard to accept about you since we've been mm. together is the fact that you're a little bit messy sometimes. Yeah. You have a lot of stuff. <laughs> and even though we live in a very small apartment, that's challenging. So I have to mm. still kind of on, on the daily kind of just accept that about you and that um, 
that while you have the ability to tidy up and you're good at that when you do that, um, you're a bit messy. But inter- going back to the point of what we see in others and get annoyed about, others is often stuff that we wish ourselves you know, were better at. I am also a bit messy. So <laughs> all I have to do is take one look at my desk at the end of the day or pretty much any time of the day, to be honest. Mm. And I'm all, I also wish I was a little bit tidier, but I haven't really built the habits yet to be a, a tidy, tidy person. Um, so that's something that comes to mind that's been challenging to accept and that I just have to kind of accept. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing would be um, that I'm quite, I tend to be quite high energy mm. most of the time, you know, and, and you tend to be the opposite of that. So that's another thing that um, is like a, a daily practice for me of just being like, you know, don't wish she was different, just accept her where she's at. And just because someone's a bit more low energy than you, you can still be yourself. Don't You don't have to match that low energy. In fact, that's the worst thing I could do is to match that. Yeah. So still being true to myself and, and kind of, if I've had a great day, then come home as if I've had a great day. I don't have to get home and match yep, yep. Well, wherever the other person is at. It's very hard to not do, and I don't do not always get this right, but that's quite challenging. Mm. Do you ever struggle to accept, like, my energy levels, whether they're like, because they're often quite different mm. to yours? No, I love that. The thing is, I love our differences, like how you really minimal. And I learned that from you. And I started to go toward that direction. Even it's not easy for me to manage my art supplies and all the artworks all around our apartments. But I'm more mindful of that nowadays than ever. So I love that. And I love that you're still accepting I'm still messy here and there, you know. And uh, But I'm going toward a good direction. So, you are. So <laughs> be patient for me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Noted. And, yes. And um, your your high energy is is magnetic. It's beautiful. And I love that. I I don't think I will have that amount of energy all the time. I'm a lot more like low key, like quite quite stable and stuff. But uh, but I'm content with that too. And the thing is that I really love people with help have a lot of energy though, high energy. I think that is very attractive. And uh, you're right, we don't have to change our energy or to, to match because when I'm low, the last thing I, I wanted you to be is match my energy and also like, like you know, like, you know, felt sad for me or anything or felt sorry for me. I want you to be yourself and be happy and be joyful as your normal self and that will help lift me up too. And it's been, it's been doing that as well and I love that you're still staying who you are and yeah. I never tire of being reminded of that because you have said this to me before. Yeah. But I forget. <laughs> I'm yeah. like a goldfish yep. when it comes to remembering things, whether it be mm. when we went and bought some bread from the shop or whether it's important stuff like this. Mm. I forget and I never tire of <laughs> being yeah. reminded of that because to me that's amazing because yeah. I'm someone who's very sensitive and so I easily get affected by the people and the environment around me. Mm. And I have to work really hard while I have in my life, you know, I've had to build up a lot of skills to protect myself. And I have to really, every time I leave the house and especially, you know, I have to really show up. Mm. And if I don't put in the effort to show up, 
I'm just like a cloud. Yeah. <laughs> I have no. I know what you mean. It's common. It's common. We can still show our empathy and compassion, but we don't have to match. Like, felt very negative, felt very bad, or you know, that kind of thing. We don't have to. Just like when we watching news, which we don't at all for a long time. I haven't watched news for ten plus years. We, when we watch news and we see negative things going around, you know, we can feel for them, but we, we can't really directly help in that way of like, just kind of like, oh, it's so depressing about this world. It's like no hope. It's, it doesn't help in any way in the collective energy. So just returning to our central self and being joyful and, you know, being a, a positive force in the world and help making change from there. It's definitely more impactful for my, for my, uh, personal opinion and that's how you help me too with your you know positivity very natural like high energy that helped me too happy to help with my high yeah. energy and booming voice <laughs> i think also another thing that um that that you, has been a good thing that you like because sometimes not accepting certain things about the person you're in a relationship with or your friends or family is a good thing. Mm. It's not all negative. There are some things that I think you should draw the line at. For example, if you've got someone, I don't know, if you're in a relationship with someone who uh, is a heavy drinker and Mm. and that turns their behavior on a dime in a negative way, that's something that, you know, I think Mm -hmm. should not be accepted and that... Mm. It's worth, you know, working with that person to try and see if they will get the help that they Mm. need. An example of that, like with us, would be that all of my life I've loved eating chocolate and sweets and those Mm. sorts of things. And it's a big part of my identity. Everybody gets me chocolate gifts for Christmas and all the the gifts and all that Mm. kind of stuff. My farewell gift last year from uh, the place I used to work at was, you know, a bunch of chocolates and all that kind of thing. And I I will always love chocolate, really nice chocolate. But something that you have helped remind me or help, yeah, something, I don't know if I'd say you've struggled to accept it about me, but when I asked you late last year, what? if there was one thing you could change about me, what would it be? And your answer was, oh, maybe you could eat a little a little less chocolate. Mm. It was actually very helpful. Yep. And it was, again, it wasn't the first time you'd said that, mm-hmm. but it was just at the right time for me to hear that so that, um, I don't know if the mic's picking this up, but there's like a siren in the background. And so if I'd kept eating probably chocolate at the rate I was eating it, <laughs> that ambulance would have been for me um but the yeah so so that reminder at the right time like in some ways you're not accepting that habit of mine um was actually very helpful because it finally kind of got me to act in a way yeah yeah (laughs) to try and change that habit and so for the last couple of months i've just set a new rule for myself to just Mm. have one little piece of chocolate per day one one piece from a big block, let's say, you know, mm-hmm. one piece per day. And that has just been revelatory. Mm-hmm. It's been so helpful in my life to just make that little change because mm-hmm. I was eating too much, like a block a day, like a block of Whitakers a day. It's great chocolate, but I don't need to be eating that much. And yep. and uh, so that was an example I would say of you not accepting me as I am, but it mm-hmm. had a very positive outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. What's your take on 
mm. on maybe that particular instance or if you can think of any other examples of where mm. you've not accepted me as I am but it's had a positive outcome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your identity is not a chocolate uh, eater. It's just a very small fraction, small, very small That's of, of who you are. So generally, I still accept you as who you are, you know, many, many ways and different things. And and that's the only thing that I always felt like, oh, I, I wish I wish you could take up a kind of like a bit of a healthier habit around sweet stuff and chocolate. And it's from the beginning of our relationship. But at the same time, I don't want to always preaching and kind of like be an activist and that, oh, you're going to die if you eat that much. I'm not, I'm not going toward that, that direction. So I'm more strategic on how I show, show up for people that I love and supporting them in a way that I will inject a little more of like healthy habit, healthy eating in some of our conversation or whatever it is. Just, just because healthy, you know, lifestyle is part of, you know, what I really care about and I love. So I just show that in the way I'm showing up. And I think over the period of time, it's finally get in. So when you ask me that question, like, oh, in terms of like how and stuff, like what would you like me to change? Then I, it's perfect. I know that it's happening. So I just say, oh, just eat a little bit less chocolate. And I know from that point then, you know, you, you have changed the way you think about the how and things and it's just natural. So yeah. So I, I love that. Full disclosure. It was you asking me that question Did I? combined with <laughs> the fact that I put my date of birth into a life expectancy calculator oh. and it said I probably was going to live to the age of 87 based on where I was born in Melbourne, Australia. Mm. So therefore, I've got about 56 years left in my life before mm. I'm probably going to be dead mm. if I'm lucky. You yeah. know? That's just the average. Yeah. Some people die earlier. So that... Life expectancy calculator thing combined with you asking that question probably happened within a one, two-week span. Mm. That was what created the the pain that made me want to change my habit with that. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So it wasn't just that question, but it certainly helped. Yeah, yeah but I know that it's happening because you're thinking about it, you know. Mm. And the thing is, you know, I, I told you that, but I – always prepare myself to accept whatever happened like either you gonna do it or you're not gonna do it you know out of my hand i just keep showing up as a supporter and you know i still love you the way you are if you eat more chocolate or what what can i do but i, I choose to be together and i will show up and be a supporter unless there's something that is gonna challenge my value just like the example of you say of somebody a heavy drinker if it's directly affecting or violating our values or our mental health, or whatever, you know, the important things around our life, definitely it should be a no, and it should be a boundary. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So I love your view on that stuff. It's mm. very it's very much how I've come to see things as well, and I find it to be very helpful, which is, yeah, help the people you love, but let go of them listening to you or changing in any way, because yeah. most of the time they won't. Because change is really hard. It takes time. I mean, how many years yeah. have I put off changing certain things? That, <laughs> Same. You know, goodness me. Yeah. Um, I thought it might be fun also. Maybe we could talk about some of the hard things to accept about ourselves. Mm. Um, so I've got a short list here that I can rattle through, and you're welcome to <laughs> chime in on this. But a couple of the hard things to accept about myself throughout my life that come to mind. 
would be um, up until the age of 20, you know, I wanted to be a professional golfer. And so that's all I did with my time other than go to school. I was just, I went to the golf course. So accepting that actually golf was really lonely and I didn't want to be by myself all the time just hitting balls on the driving range. That was an incredibly hard thing to accept, even though I made the decision pretty quickly. Um, that was a hard thing to accept that, oh, I'm not going to win a green jacket at the US Masters one day and that I am actually quite lonely. So that was a very hard thing to accept. Mm. Um, another thing would be that I, I think I had my first my first girlfriend when I was maybe like 22 or something like that. So, I, was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, looking back, that's not old, but God, I felt old at the time. So, it was the hard thing to accept was that I needed, that I had this habit of like wishing that people who were already in relationships would be, be in a relationship with me. And so, I needed to stop looking for relationships in the wrong place. Mm. So, instead of looking for them with people I really liked and was friends with who were already in relationships i needed to start being more vulnerable and mm. and try and get something started with someone who was single like me so that mm. was one that comes to mind another one was um when i worked in entertainment it was it was really hard to accept like it took me probably the whole time i was in the industry like a decade it was really hard to accept that very 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 hard to make a living like just a living wage as a comedy writer or a TV producer in Australia. I mean, it's hard to do it in a in the mecca like America as well, you know. Mm. You have to be just the absolute best of the best and there's very little middle, middle ground there. Mm. You're either raking it in or you're homeless. <laughs> it's like mm. one of those two things. And it's, it was just no way to live. And uh, And so accepting that I deserved to make some money for the things I was for the skills I'd kind of built up um, was a tricky thing to accept because it meant moving to Auckland, you know, to work full-time in an ed tech startup. Mm. So leaving my family and everything I knew. So that was that was hard to accept too. Um, another thing was that I, that I wasn't a very good brother to my, um, to, to my siblings as I was growing up. I mentioned before earlier on that I would always just be in my bedroom I meant it. I was always in my bedroom. And when I'd come out of my bedroom for food, I'd be like a little rat, scurry out, try and avoid contact with anyone, nibble, 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 scurry back to my little hole in the wall. So, you know, that, yeah, I was not a very involved, hands-on kind of sibling. I'm trying to do better these days. And I'm I feel like I've got a really good relationship with my brother and sister these days, but mm. did not do a good job at that when I was younger. So had to accept that about myself. I remember apologizing to them and bursting into tears and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. you know, it was important to own that. And so often, and yeah, it goes back yeah. to like, you've got to accept it yourself first. And then if it involves other people, like own it, let mm. them know that you've owned it, even if it's just for your healing. It's okay. Yeah. Just let them know that you've owned it. You you see the mistake that you made and try and own it and call it out. Be the first mm. to call it out if you can. Two more things. Yeah, yes. The second last thing is that um, sometimes, uh, like when I think back about my school days and, and, and that kind of stuff and just after leaving school, sometimes the way I treated people, um, I treated them in ways that I regret, you know, and therefore 
needed to apologize. So I remember when I was like 19 or 20, I just had this realization that um, I had not treated a bunch of people the way that I wanted to. And so I got out the old school phone number list. They used to print off these things, um, which had the phone numbers of all the people you went to school with and all that kind of stuff on them and give them to everyone in the class and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I just called or, yeah, I think I called everyone that I felt like I had not treated well mm-hmm. and I just apologized to them. And every single, like, and I wasn't expecting anything in return, which is a key to this, like, you know, mm-hmm. accept your past failures but and then own it, but don't expect anything in return because nobody owes you anything. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling, you know, a bunch of the people who were my closest friends, you know, and people I really liked and loved, you know, at school and stuff and just apologising for certain things. And I'd be very specific as well so they knew exactly why I was calling the man of the blue. Yeah. And... Everyone to a fault essentially just said, oh, thank you, and you don't need to apologize kind of thing. You know, we all mm. we all do stupid things, you know, when we're younger kind of thing. But that was, I remember, a very, very important moment in my life mm. on the topic of acceptance to just own, own you know, my foibles <laughs> from when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, I have, I don't think I know this one. Really? Yeah, fascinating. Oh. Fascinating is, yeah, amount of courage and you know, to to do that and to really own your mistake and whatever that is. Um, do you think you forgive your past selves? Mostly, yeah. mostly. I I would say for the most part, mm. yeah, enough. I've forgiven myself yeah. enough. If yeah. I if I think about the specific ways in which, I you know. The, that I acted when I was, you know, a lot younger. Yeah. I'm sure every human being can think of a million things oh, yes. from when they're young. Hundred percent. Why was it? Why did I do that? You know, why didn't I just, you know, why didn't I respect that person in that way? Or, um, mm. you know, it's a scale, of course. You yeah, know. we didn't know anything better. Yeah, like mm. I never did anything that would put me in jail, anything <laughs> like <laughs> that. Like it's not that bad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, no, that's not how I want to move forward in my life. Therefore, I need to put some band aids. Just mm. for my own, yeah, you know, well-being, and also just in case people were really because I know I've definitely hurt people in the past and stuff, and I always eventually will try, try do my best to come back around mm. and just say uh, sorry and, and yeah, so I can move forward, you know. Mm. And so I've just done that with every single mistake I've, I'm aware of that I've made in my life. I'm sure there are many I'm not even aware of, you know. Yeah, um, you don't have to keep track of all of that, you know. Yeah. Just let it go and yeah. focus on the present moment. I think you're amazing what you did. But um, yeah. Yeah. So amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the final thing would be accepting my strengths and weaknesses. The reason mm. I was compelled to really figure this out in the last year is because you know, within the last year and a half or so, I was made redundant after being in the one company for seven years. I loved that place that I worked and I loved the people there. And um, mm-hmm. it was very, yeah, it was pretty traumatic to have to leave mm-hmm. um, against my, my wishes. In hindsight, you know, I love the journey I've been on since then. I wouldn't change it for anything. But, but it, I needed to kind of figure out who I was again, right? Yeah. Um, and so, 
like recently-ish, I've, you know, surveyed about 10 of the people who knew me best in a work context and then in a non-work context as well, like yourself, I, you were one of the people I asked. So I just asked, like, what are the three things I'm really good at? And I just put all that data together mm. and you and I went through the answers and we pulled out themes. Mm. And then at the end of it, I had like three crisp strengths of mine that I didn't even know that I had. And yet these were the strengths that the people who knew me the best knew. Yep. So, um, and then weaknesses, well, I just asked you those and then mm. <laughs> have run them by maybe one or two others because um, I'm pretty aware about my weaknesses. But that was still helpful to do too. But yeah, so accepting what I'm good at, accepting what I'm bad at. Mm. Um, I'd never done that before. I'd never done that before. Yeah. And so it's helped so much with deciding what work to do next, for example, yeah. and how I relate to the world. So, um, yeah, I remember that. It was a fun exercise that you did. And I think I did mine as well. I can't remember what it was now. I have to look back at my diary, but it's really fun. It's getting to know ourselves better at this moment. And we might change too. Our strengths and weaknesses might change or not over time. That's mm. okay. What are some hard things? To accept about yourself that over the years you've noticed over the years, yeah. Mm. Um, I could think of few things top of my head. One of us was when, like, I joined. So I joined a spiritual path for a couple of years, three almost four years. Had an um, Indian Bengali guru, and I was really happy for the first few years in the path. And for the last year, I was really struggling. And my struggle was because I couldn't accept that I want to move on to, to do my own things, not belong to a strict community of rules and, you know, certain things. And, um, yes, I was struggling for the whole year trying to finally come to, you know, be at peace with accepting myself that I had changed. And, uh, yeah, so the, the change, the acceptance was just accepting that, yeah, I really want to leave the path, get back to doing art and teach meditation on my own, not teaching it under, uh, and, um, what you call it, uh, institution or a organizations and just having people coming to my class, no string attached. You don't have to join my, you know, community. It's purely for everybody. Like, you belong everywhere and you belong nowhere. You belong to yourself mainly. That's kind of principle that I want to, to be able to, um, deliver in my community that I'm cre creating. So that was the one. And the second one was accepting that I was never wanting to become an architect. <laughs> I just love doing art, but for some reason I signed up for the course. I study architecture for seven. I think seven years and practicing for a few years were doing interior design for almost eight to 10 years. Can't remember exactly for a long time. So yeah, just, just that is another, you know, thing. Uh, now looking back, it's just a title. It's just a, it's just a job. It's, it's not a big deal, but back then it was a huge deal because my whole identity tied up around, around being an architect. You got your master's in architecture. Yes. So it was a long, long process. 
um, a lot of money. My, my dad very generously paid everything for me and supporting me for my career. Um, Cảm ơn bố. That means thank you, dad, in Vietnamese. Yeah, Vietnamese <laughs> getting so good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yes, my dad. Amazing. And another one that I, a recent, recent example I accept about myself, maybe last year and this year, around this time, I just accept that I'm somebody that naturally have a low energy. I having a routine of an uh, older folk. I like all my life. I'm going to bed at night, waking up early at five, five-ish, six or some, something. So anything that out of that routine doesn't make me feel very good. And I love to be able to optimize my sleep, you know, just because health and healthy lifestyle is something big for me. And, and I'm not somebody that like to go to parties. I can go to party. I could be quite socialized, but I'm also happy to just stay home and just being around the house, organizing a few things and go for a walk in nature and doing things really low key. Um, so I just come to a realization that, yeah, I'm really loving that part of myself. But for some reason, the year before, I was trying to try different things. Of course, it's good to understand myself and knowing my limit. But now I come to the conclusion that I'm content that the way I am moving forward um, doesn't mean that I'm not opening up for opportunities or something to get to know the world better or in different way. but just accepting and loving myself exactly the way I am. It's beautiful. It's liberating. So, yeah, that is the one thing that I want to share, and I'm pretty happy about that. Those are some great things to have worked through, accepting, mm. and each of them, yeah, are pretty pivotal points in mm. your life. Um, Yeah, when those points come along in our life, if we've, been practicing acceptance kind of on a day-to-day level as well. We're just so much more ready to be able to accept that and probably, you know, like if I'd been better at acceptance when I was younger, it probably would have taken me less time to move off in the next best direction that I was headed off in. Mm. Um, Are there any resources? Like you mentioned the Body Keeps the Score earlier on as a good Mm. resource for people. Are there any um, resources that come to mind, books, podcasts, those sorts of things that, could be really helpful to people. Um, one I can think of is like um, the book Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock. Um, mm. I read that off a recommendation of, of um, Tim Ferriss's podcast yeah. about a year ago, and I just found it to be such an incredible book and uh, mm. very, very helpful on this particular topic. So that would be the first point of call mm. that I would probably suggest to people. Um, just borrow it from the library. Yeah. You can't be bothered buying it. <laughs> That's Beautiful. what I do. I haven't read that book. Mm. I don't I don't remember that you uh, read the book, but now I will uh, probably order it from the library. Um, yeah, so I love The Body Keeps the Score because it's explaining trauma and different things. It's not an easy read. It's it still up a lot of emotions in me and, ha- <laughs> and me having nightmare and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but... It's, it's help understand the world better and have more empathy for people that have trauma. And most people have trauma, small 
yeah. or be just have more empathy for people and opening up our hearts that the beautiful thing to do and uh, a few other books is I love the part of now Tolle. that's a beautiful one talking about being present and forgiving the past and you know accepting life the way it is Michael Singer um, Untethered Soul and Living Untethered and Ram Das. So these three people are my favorite. I listening to their talks every day in the morning. It just helped me reminding how I can showing up, you know, being me and accepting the world as it is. Yeah. Two more to add to that. Mm. A recent book that came out by Shane Parrish. He wrote a book called Clear Thinking. Mm. And it's a th- yeah, it's a recent New York Times bestseller, which is normally a good sign about a book. But yeah, I borrowed it from Auckland Library recently, and it's just such a fantastic read. Probably one of the best books um, I've read before. And it the book will help you think in a way that will help you accept the world as it is, rather than as you wish it to be. So to go back to that idea. I find this book is probably the most actionable that I've read to help with that particular thing. On that note, also, I'd also recommend um, uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, the Amazon CEO, recently was interviewed by Lex Friedman on Lex Friedman's podcast. And in that interview, Bezos talks quite a bit about the importance of seeing the world as it is rather than as you wish it to be and also how to do that mm. which is often the the step people miss it's one thing to point out the problem but then what mm. okay so what do you actually do next so highly recommend that that's pretty amazing the final thing i would recommend is um a book called the top five regrets of the dying by bronnie ware um she's actually an australian she passed away recently um hopefully without any regrets and the reason I'd recommend that is because sometimes it really helps to remember that everything is temporary, you know, in life as well. And so to just accept ourselves and people and the world as it is, as we've talked about already, it's surely the best way mm. to get to inner peace or uh, in harmony, whatever word or phrase you want to use for that. Um, so so thinking about proactively what's awaiting for us, you know, when we're on our deathbeds, I find very, very helpful in the bloom of my youth yeah. and the prime of my life um, to keep to keep that in mind mm. so that I keep, you know, living a, a life where I won't have to be calling up all my old buddies saying, sorry about this, sorry about <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it's time now for our one more thing. Um, this is a segment that we'll do towards the end of every episode where we'll just talk about one more thing completely unrelated to what we're talking about, most likely, mm. um, that we just want to share. So my one more thing for this week is I have a nut dealer and his name is Dor. He's from Vietnam, but he sells nuts in <laughs> Auckland. And the reason I have fallen in love with nuts recently, because I didn't always used to be this way, is because of me setting a rule of just having one piece of chocolate per day. So in the past, I would fill up on chocolate and sweets, Mm. but now I'm hungry. And so I've had to find new snacks. And it turns out nuts 
have filled that void in my soul. And specifically, this guy's nuts. And they're so, so yummy. Um, he sells like almonds, macad you love the macadamias. Yeah, it was so delicious, that one. I like roasted macadamias. Mm. He sells pistachios, um, walnuts, and he hand roasts them all himself, and they're just so nice. And um, I also get to practice a tiny little bit of Vietnamese with him too, which is lovely. So, um, yeah, the name of his business is Kung Fu Nuts. It's in Queen's Court on Queen Street here in Auckland. Um, so if you're ever, ever in Auckland... And, um, uh, yeah, give that a Google and then pay him a visit because it is a very high-quality product, even from someone who's new to eating nuts. So, yeah, that's my one more thing for this week. What's your one more thing? My one more thing is the saying that I really love from Michael Singer, the author of Untethered Soul and Living Untethered. So he say, you don't surrender the outside world. You totally accept it. What you surrender is your personal made-up judgments of it. Mm. And, yeah, it's my practice every day. Nice. Thank you, Michael Singer. <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed our discussion today, please take a moment to leave a rating or a review for the podcast. Uh, your support helps us grow and it helps other people discover the Grounded Circle podcast. And if we don't like your review, as per the theme of today's episode, we will just have to accept it. We are on Instagram. Sierra is at The Grounded Circle. I am at Dean.Robert.Watson. And now we'll leave you with some words from author Elizabeth Gilbert. To be fully seen by somebody then and be loved anyhow, this is a human offering that can border on miraculous. <laughs>